Hi everyone. Um, good morning. It is actually still good morning. I checked. It's 5 to 12. I usually get it wrong and say morning or afternoon. It is still morning. And my name is Dillis. And I'm, on, I'm part of the leadership team here at Holy Trinity, if you haven't met me before. And I'm going to be speaking to you today as we continue to travel as companions of Jesus through the Gospel of Luke. And we continue to see him build on his message of the coming kingdom, of the unconditional love of our Heavenly Father, his kindness to us, his rescue plan for us, and the choice we have to surrender all under his sovereignty because we can trust him. And the religious leaders of the time, the Pharisees, they seem to be key players in these chapters in Luke. Last week, we, um, we heard from Scott um, about their outrage and annoyance with Jesus for healing and helping people on the Sabbath. And we were reminded that Jesus never withheld his love and his care from people, and we should do the same. And the Pharisees really saw Jesus as a lawbreaker. They were, they, they kind of, they couldn't see past the law and they were the guardians of the law and the ancient traditions of the Jewish people and they were constantly concerned with actions that would be governed by rules. But Jesus, he seems to come at this a different way. He doesn't burden his followers with rules and regulations. He encouraged his followers with principles and guidelines to live by instead. His hope being in that, that a transformed character surrendered to God would bring true freedom to his people and would bring God's kingdom on earth as we follow his guidelines. So we're going to read today's passage, which is from Luke 14, 1 and 7 to 14. And we're going to see what we can learn through another interaction of Jesus and the Pharisees. And we're going to see what these principles and guidelines um, are going to help us consider from this scripture today. So Luke 14, 1, it's up on the screen there if you want to follow along. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host, if so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place, but when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So as we see here, 
Jesus is being closely watched by the Pharisees. And I guess that he, he knows this and he uses it to his advantage because he has their undivided attention. And their status and their place in the community was just of such utmost importance to them. And their lives kind of revolved around the law and looking good to their peers and looking good even to those who they felt were below them. And this parable that Jesus tells, I think is aimed at that need to look perfect in the world. Because when you live that way, it's, it's kind of hard not to foster pride in your heart and in your mind. And the Pharisees were a prideful group, and that pride had become a barrier between them and God. And the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And this was true for the Pharisees because, because of their pride, they lacked God's grace. And because of this, they were blinded to the truth, and they found it very difficult to accept Jesus' gospel message of unconditional love and of sacrifice because of that place that they were in and that pride that they were holding. Jesus wants us to live our best life and to do that being close to him. And I think that the guideline and the principle in this teaching is really, it's pretty obvious. It's simply to live from a place of humility at all times. It's really simple, right? I mean, I think humility, it's one of those things that um, you can't strive for because then you're not humble. <laughs> but hu humility is a really important thing because it's spoken about so much in the Bible. And by definition, humility is a modest view of one's own importance. And this can conjure up, I think, images of a lack of self-esteem or maybe feeling like being a doormat for people. And I think that's why being humble can sometimes come across as being a, a negative. But being humble doesn't mean that we think less of ourselves. Being humble just means that we think about ourselves less. I'll say that again. Being humble doesn't mean we think less of ourselves. It means we think about ourselves less. And I think that our culture today, parts of it can seem quite similar to that of the Pharisee. And when I tried to kind of put that parable in context, um, in my head, what I kept seeing was that kind of boardroom type situation, the boardroom table where there's a meeting happening and how people may enter that room and they may try to place themselves in certain places of power or significance around that table or perceive certain places at the table to carry more influence than others. Um, you know, like the head of the table, do you sit beside your boss? Do you sit opposite your boss? Do you sit opposite that colleague that you need to eyeball? You know, where do you sit at that table? Who are you in competition with? Our society, I think, celebrates overconfidence and entitlement and an increasing focus on the self. And in our daily life situations, and also very much, I think, needs to be addressed in our social media world. We can be very competitive and we can be very attention seeking, actually without knowing it sometimes, it's become such a way of life. And I just really see, 
I see Jesus kind of waving a red flag here and going, this is not a good way to live. Remember to be humble. So because of what was going on in my mind about the boardroom and trying to put it into context, I did an online search around humility in society. And I came across a very interesting PhD study that had been done on humility. And it was published in Success magazine. I did not know there was such a thing. There's a magazine called Success. It's out there somewhere. And it was published a few years ago. I think it was 2015. And this study found that those who had a more humble ethos and a more humble approach to life in general, they were less likely to overact to or blame others. They had a better ability to handle stress. They had higher levels of mental or physical well-being, a higher sense of life purpose, increased workplace harmony, longer-lasting marriages, and greater generosity. And all of these things contributed to stronger communities. What an amazing thing to come out of a study on humility in our world. So humility may not be this popular virtue, but when people experience it, it's really valued. And we can see from this study that it's also of personal benefit. And I think that's what I love about Jesus's guidelines and principles. They are always of benefit to the individual and the wider community. That's God's kingdom. That's the security that he places in the boundaries that he puts in the Bible and in his word. Self-interest and self-importance and self-satisfaction are works of pride. And we need to recognize them in the soil of our lives and try and root them out and instead of that, cultivate humility. We need to cultivate humility in our lives. And instead of going into lots of different practical ways that we could do that, I just think that really how we do that is firstly by understanding truly who God is. Understanding his sovereignty, his loving care, and being willing to surrender our all to him. Secondly, we need to understand each other and have that outlook that's other-orientated. And lastly, we need to understand ourselves, who I am, and we need to have an accurate and healthy view of self, a quiet ego, as I read somewhere else this week. We need to have a quiet ego as we cultivate humility in our lives. And when we do that, we begin to see our place at the table and our place in this world through God's perspective. And again, I think the perspective is just so simple. It's written there in the passage today. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Or as it's paraphrased in the message translation by Eugene Peterson, he says, if you are content to simply be yourself, you will become more than yourself. That's what God is leading us into. If you are content to simply be yourself, not anyone else, just you, you will become more than yourself. Humility protects you from humiliation and it opens a door instead to honor. 
So the last aspect that I just want to highlight is something I mentioned at the beginning in relation to the Pharisees. And that is the barrier that's created between us and God when we live in pride and not in humility. Second Chronicles 7, 14 to 15 says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to their prayers. Is there unrecognized or unacknowledged pride in our lives that we need to confess? Because if there is, that's going to be a blockage between us and God. And this scripture describes the consequences of pride in that relationship with God. His eyes and ears may not be as fully open to us. That was a bit of a wake-up call for me, if I'm honest. That was enough to make me sit up and, and search my heart. I don't want that blockage in my relationship with God. He looks for a humble response and he hopes that we seek him out in all we are and in all that we do. That's all he asks and he's right there waiting. And I'd love us now just to, to respond together, to have a think about what we're, we're, we've been hearing. And we're going to prepare our hearts for breaking bread together. We're going to take communion together today. And let's just take a few minutes to, to ask God to point out within us, is there anything that's been highlighted to us as we consider a humble life and a humble heart today? Let's ask the Lord to show us where there's any little bits of pride at work in our lives. Um, pride, <laughs> a little picture and metaphor that comes to me when I think about pride is it's a little bit like carbon monoxide. It's deadly, but it's very hard to detect. And so we need the Holy Spirit to almost act like our inner pride detector or our pride alarm, if you like. So I'd love to just give a bit of time now to just let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. Is there a situation in our lives recently where we maybe now realize, oh, actually, that was acting out of a place of pride and not out of humility? Is there a metaphorical table you have seated yourself first at? Is there a person or a situation you maybe feel defensive about? Is there a prejudice that's maybe holding you back from engaging with somebody or something? And is there an entitlement that's holding you in a place where maybe you don't want to surrender to God's plan just yet? I think that's the kind of thing that the Holy Spirit is really asking us this morning to search our hearts. So let's just take a few minutes and just pray. And then Rob's going to come and lead us to break bread together.
Father, we thank you for your guidelines and your principles that show us how to live our best life and how to bring your kingdom on earth. Father, I pray now that you'd show us the areas in our lives where we need to be more humble, God. Thank you, God, that humility is a thing that makes communities stronger and that brings us health and well-being and joy. But Father, sometimes it's hard to see that place of pride. Father, we're sorry for the pride in our hearts that leads us to take the best seats at a table and creates barriers between us. Would you forgive us, God, and would you help us to cultivate humility? Cultivate humility in our days, with our families, with our friends, in our workplaces. Thank you, God, that you know what's best for us. And I thank you, God, that because of Jesus and because of his sacrifice and his love for us, that we can approach your table today, Father, with equal position, Lord. There's no better place at this table, Father. I pray, Father, that you help us to confess and to be in a place of forgiveness with you as we break bread together and remember what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray.